Booger McFarland and I are fine. We have no beef. So I'm like, why am I suddenly the boogeriest person? But it's just the way that it is, and nobody talks about this. Hello, you guys. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Sports, the podcast that ends with a question mark but starts with a question. I'm Katie Nolan. He's Trav. Hey, Katie. Hi. Christina's also here. Hi. And then this is this is today's question. Hi, Katie Nolan. Nick from Minnesota. Uh, what is something that you would tell younger Katie, uh, say 20 years old or younger, not to do because future Katie is going to find it cringe? I uh, changed my mind. I'm going to say it and say that young 13-year-old Nick should not have a mustache. That did not work out. Love you. Mean it. Nick from Minnesota, uh, uh, which Google Voice managed to get right in the transcript. This thing doesn't get anything right, but it wrote Minnesota, and that's fascinating to me. Um, a very good question. Even though it was only asked of me, I think that was out of respect, so as not to mention anybody who used to go here. So, Christina and, and Trav, I don't want you to feel like you can't answer this. In fact, I'm going to maybe make you answer this. For me, there's a million things that... Uh, I would tell to 20-year-old Katie Nolan, the first one that jumped to mind was, don't date that guy you know you shouldn't date. That guy that you were like, oh, but it's going to be different with me. It's, uh, it's not. He's going to mess up a lot of stuff in your life. So don't date him. You know that already. Listen to yourself. Um, I would also, another thing I was thinking about the other day is that be yourself is honestly the best advice, but... Where we get it wrong is that we tell it to people too young. Like when you're 20, you don't tell someone to be themselves. You should tell somebody like, figure out who you are. So that when you get into your 30s, you can be that person. Like read stuff and meet people and have experiences so that you have a better sense of who you are. So that when you're 30, you can be yourself. But don't start trying to be yourself when you're 20. Because who the hell are you you basically just met? Uh... Christina, what would you tell yourself 20 years ago when you were, what, five? Yeah, when I was five years old, uh, no, I would say probably if I were to tell myself like growing up like something, I know you, you took like the probably the smarter route, but I immediately thought don't box dye your hair that color because it's yes. not going to come out the way that the box is telling you it's going to. Um, I would also say stop plucking your eyebrows way too thin because it's too not going to grow back the way you want. Don't don't over pluck. It doesn't look good. God, that's um, such good advice. The kids aren't doing that anymore these days. They've got bushy brows, and I am jealous because I have brows I know that I can't how they grow do their in, hair in or their makeups. I know, I know. It's They're Anthony Davis's fault. It's it. Well, it it. Now, see, that's, la- that's showing your fundamental lack of understanding of what we mean when we say brows. <laughs> Not many of us are out here just growing a bushy center. Most of us are talking about having, you know, some thick boys you know, over our eyes. I have one eyebrow where it's basically like I have a calic in my eyebrow and it kind of goes the other direction than it should you go. Know, you so can, do I, right you can here, comb so them. do I. It doesn't yes, work you know on mine. We've got to get you some brow gel for 2021, Trav. This is there, the wait, there's up. brow gel? Oh, honey. oh, Travis. There's oh. brow gel. There's tinted brow gel. There's untinted. There is brow pencils. There are br- it's it's a whole industry and it is booming. Point is, we did used to overpluck our eyebrows, and why did we do that? It ruins every photo of us from our youth. Travis, what would you tell yourself twenty something years ago? Your attire is 
atrocious and do not wear anything that you think is absolutely cool. Because when you look back at photos, you just look at your parents and go, why did you let me wear that? Why do I have this bright orange shirt on? It doesn't work. Well, maybe, maybe it was a look. Maybe it was a fit. But then like, then you like realize like you're wearing like gym shorts with a polo that's tucked in. Like, what yeah, that's doing? a weird choice. That's a weird that, choice. You're like a coach. That is a weird one. And who doesn't know how to take a day off. And you don't need that much Axe body spray after gym class. That's true. That's <laughs> I believe that's a universal truth. I don't think that's personal advice. I think, and it's no disrespect to Axe, who doesn't sponsor this podcast, so that's okay, because nobody sponsors this podcast today. We're giving you rebel content. Um, don't You don't need that much of it. I remember Axe used to say you're supposed to do like pit. Double pits to chesty. Oh my God, why do I remember that? That was the name of the way they would describe. Why do I remember it? You spray it once in each pit and then you're supposed to like drag it across your chest. That's two spritzes too many. You guys got to chill. Put on some deodorant and if you want to smell good, you can hit yourself with a little bit of it. But don't treat your deodorant like cologne and think that you, it was unnecessary. It was overpowering and it was a little bit off-putting to most of us. But I think people have moved on from that at this point. I, I, don't, I don't think so because you, like... When we were allowed to go out, you'd be at a restaurant or something and someone walked by and it's like they unloaded on perfume or cologne. So I think it's mm. still, I think it's actually the bigger pandemic that we're dealing with. Yeah, that's, it is certainly the biggest. <laughs> it's why we all started wearing masks over our faces. Yes. Because we, I couldn't smell any more Axe body spray. And then I was like, oh, look, this works for that coronavirus thing as well. Uh, in general, I think cringe moments, the thing I've learned in all of this deep diving into myself and my personhood over the last nine months, cringiness is an opportunity for you to grow as a person. If something you do, if you watch it and it makes you cringe, it's like you were being, it's your body telling you you're being inauthentic. So it's like, try to avoid the cringe, but also when you cringe about something, it's your body saying don't look at it. You do have to look at it because then you'll know, you'll see what you aren't and that helps you better define what you are. You're going to get a lot of this today and I didn't go to the gym. This is just where my brain is at this point in the pandemic. Uh, Nick from Minnesota, thank you for your fantastic question. Um, I'm sure the mustache was fine. Just say it was for charity. Uh, if you are listening to this... And- to his point, as a guy, you think that like you can like grow a beard or mustache and you're, then you realize that like... The 13 stubbles does not qualify as that, and you look like an idiot. Well, it's funny you should say that, because that is, um, Christina, we talked about this uh, for a second before. When you get into a car, every woman knows this, and, and some men might as well, but when you get into a car and the sun hits you and you look in the mirror, that's for some reason the mirror that you can see every hair you missed when you were supposedly plucking your eyebrows, or the current state of your mustache uh, is where you see it in the car. And so I also had a mustache that didn't work. And so I'm expressing solidarity <laughs> with you, Nick. Uh, because it was one I thought was under control, but until you get in a car and the sun is shining on your face, you don't know how in control it is. Um, so yes, I'll, I will also take your message. My mustache didn't work either. If you have a question that you want to ask and that has nothing to do with my uh, facial hair, whether it's there or it's not, you can uh, always... How did Ashley want me to do it? Leave us a vo- leave she, us a she wanted you to leave us it. a voicemail. Yeah, but I don't. But I'm not gonna. So eight six zero five zero six five five seven one. Maybe we'll become one of those podcasts that's like so cool that we don't even have to tell you the number anymore because just like you know it. 
that would be probably not because I don't even I don't even know it yet. So eight six zero five zero six five five seven one. Thank you for all the voicemails that you guys left. A lot of them said hello, Katie, and literally anybody else. Uh, that was very kind of you. It didn't open old wounds. Uh, hi to the two of you. How are you? Oh, great. It's I'm really good. Uh, how are you? I'm doing lovely. I'm as happy I want to tell the people, I, this is normally where we would just friendly banter, but I feel like it might, people might benefit from knowing what the plan is here. Um, because I know the last we spoke, the plan was finish the podcast as it was, and then we'd take this break that coincided with the holidays, and then when we came back, it would be all figured out. Um, I don't think I thought through the mechanics of it coinciding with the holidays would mean that I would have to spend my holidays figuring out what this podcast was going to be and I didn't really I didn't really do that but I kind of did this is again no gym just where my brain is I've spent a lot of time with me I'm sick of me um but I also know me better than I ever did before so I think the plan for this podcast today is like I missed talking to you guys our fans and I'm sure I I have been, you know, poking into the Reddit. I know you guys are probably looking for something too, to the point where you don't really care if this is the best podcast we've ever done. We're just going to kind of make one. We're going to talk about the football games that happened a little bit. Uh, I told Christina and Travis, who are both here, that they can talk when they want to and don't when they don't want to, that there's going to be games I didn't watch and I don't have any interesting information on, even though there may be interesting information on them, because I have been um, spending a lot of time inward as opposed to outward. Uh, and I forgive myself for that. Point is, we're making a podcast today. The three of us are just going to kind of chat. It's going to probably be short, mostly because there's no ads, and we give a lot of time to ads. Um, but we're just going to talk about where we're at and stuff. And I think a good place to start is, like, how was everybody's holiday? I mean, I was like you, stuck alone. So I uh, hung out and drank. Which is- so did it hit you? I'm curious to know if it hit you, because before the holiday before it was actually christmas i was like yeah i'm alone for christmas but i'm not alone alone like i have people we just can't see them um and it would be silly for that to affect me and then christmas day came and there were lots of tears uh dan surprised me with a stocking that he had like his mom had made me a stocking and then sent it to dan and he had filled it with a bunch of stuff and I didn't know, and he hid it in a drawer in my house. And so he called me on Christmas morning to do this very sweet thing where he was like, hey, I think I left a present for my mom uh, there at the apartment. Can you go check for me? And I, person who thought she was unaffected by it being Christmas, was like, are you really calling me from your mom's house that you went to on Christmas to help you get a gift for, what do you want me to do with it? You want me to locate the gift? that you left for your mom here and then go to the post office on Christmas. And then I went and I looked and it, it, surprise, he did a really kind thing for me and I started sobbing and I hung up the phone and I realized I think it was affecting me being alone on Christmas. I just wasn't letting myself acknowledge that in some way of protecting myself. And then woof the emotions. Then I had to like spend the day. I spent Christmas figuring out why I got upset when somebody gave me a gift. And I found a lot of answers in that. And we had a long talk where I had to apologize a bunch of times because that's a very rude way to react to a gift. But Christmas hit me. I didn't expect that it would. And I feel like there might be some people out there who are like, yeah, I thought I'd be fine and I cried, but I'm going to pretend I didn't. Like, don't pretend you didn't. It was weird. The holidays sucked this year for most 
people for a lot of people um it gives us something to look forward to next year i think hopefully um but it was tough it kind of sucked so like did it hit you or were you just like yeah whatever. yeah it was kind of that day christmas eve i didn't know but my mom like facetimed me and like all of a sudden she's at my brother's house and with their kids opening up gifts and my grandma's on the call too facetime i'm like I didn't know we were doing this and then i had some gifts that like she mailed to me uh, and I opened up one of them was a flashlight and it wasn't a, a tack light though. So I was a little upset. Okay. As long as it's a flashlight though, right? Yes. Is what you said. Cause it's, you just got to make sure you emphasize the vowel when you say that word. Um, but then like Christmas was very boring. Like I didn't, I don't even know if I watched like Christmas movies. Like, watched- it was emotional assault to watch Christmas movies. I planned to. And then I had to watch anything but. Because I was like, I got to forget today's Christmas. I put on Christmas music in the shower getting ready to go to Ashley's house and sobbed and was like, this sucks. I'm not doing this anymore. Yeah, I didn't listen to Christmas music at all this year. Which, now that I think about it, is really weird. Because it's usually, though, in the cars where I would listen to it. And why would I get in the car right now? Mm. Well, if you need to check out your mustache, maybe. Uh, Christina, what was your holiday? If it was happy, please don't feel as if you can't just say that it was happy. This is a safe space for happiness. It just doesn't often come by. Uh, no, I actually, I was able to see my parents on Christmas and yeah, so I, I had an okay Christmas. I saw my parents and I was with my boyfriend, so I was at least able to see other people, but then I Mm. spent my new year's and all of this weekend packing and moving so that wasn't the most fun uh, because who likes to move, number one, but also who likes right to move now. during a pandemic. So, yeah, that I, that's different, Travis. Fun. I want to move. Like, I don't want to be in this house anymore. I've been here for too long, but I don't want to move. I don't want to move and I don't want to move on a holiday, but I don't want to be here. So it's like <laughs> I totally understand the like, why would I be doing this right now? But are you in your new place? I am currently in my new place and I've spent the last like 48 hours just like powering through to get everything organized and everything done because I'm the kind of person where once I'm there, I need it all done like now. So all of my clothes are all over the place and I'm like, I just need it all done right now. So I've been for the last 48 hours just constantly moving things around, crying, (laughs) putting things away because I hate all of that stuff. I just need it all done. Yeah, because uh, so if you yeah. don't do it, you'll be me who has lived in this home that I own, this apartment, for five years. And I still have a box in my spare bedroom that I moved here with that I have not unpacked. That's like, I bet whatever's in that, I don't need. But in my head, it's like, well, someday I'm going to unpack that. It's like, when? <laughs> you live here. You have lived here. So you're absolutely right. Once you move, you have to do it all right away. It's like when you get home from a vacation and you have to unpack your suitcase. Otherwise, you're going to leave it on the ground and live out of it. That's why I leave my suitcase just... right behind me. I know, but Trav, we got to start like actually living instead of like, I'll just leave that there. See, I am such a creature of just leave it and live out mm-hmm. of it because I do the same mm-hmm. thing. But then after a while, that causes me even more stress. Yes. So it's like I leave all of the boxes. I leave all, like my bag out after a trip for weeks. And then after a while, I'm like, oh, my God, that needs to go because it's causing me more stress. But then why didn't I just do it in the first place? Like, I create the stress for myself. Yes. Yes. It's like, logically, it doesn't make any sense. There's got to be an answer. But I hate putting stuff away. I hate putting I stuff away. That causes me stress, too. I think everything just is like a stress trigger. And so, you know, nothing's easy. Everything's tough. Just find the way that's the least tough. 
and the most rewarding. Did you hire That's somebody it. to move your stuff or did you like do it with family and friends? So originally we were going to do family and friends, but then we figured that'd be too many people and we didn't want like, because I mean, I have a lot of furniture and we didn't want a lot of people coming in and out. So then we hired movers and then that was also a giant hassle. So we Is eventually- that your first time? Hiring no, movers? I've moved nine times in nine oh years. Jesus. You told me that. <laughs> we have discussed this. That was me yep. for a minute. You're me yeah. on an earlier. You might be pre-me because that was I was moving all the time. It sucks. I yeah, it. I'm, a, I'm a champion at moving now. It's not the most fun. I, I enjoy moving because I, I am the kind of person where once I'm done with something, I like to leave it. So like... Yeah. If I like, I don't know, if I go through a breakup or if I go through something in an apartment, I'm like, all right, time to leave that one and go somewhere else, like leave that energy and go somewhere else. And so I've done that for nine years. And then afterwards, I'm like, all right, can I stop moving now? Because it also causes me stress. So it's, do I stay? Do I go? I don't know. The answer might be in what it is you're not running from, but running from metaphorically of like, make sure you process whatever the thing is that's over so you can learn from it so you don't have to do it again. Because I did that for years where I was like, I don't have a pattern. And then now I look back and I'm like, (laughs) I had a pattern. There was a very obvious pattern I was ignoring that now I'm like, thank God I know it. And now I'm I'm out of it. I hope, <laughs> or I'm still in it and being ignorant to it. But it's all about looking for patterns. Um, those are holidays. Any other, any other big things? Oh, that's right. Dan Levitard's last day at ESPN was today. <laughs> uh, I woke up, like I said, not knowing for sure if we had to do a podcast and then was like, no, yeah, this is the day. Because that weird period between Christmas and New Year's is always like a Bermuda Triangle of a calendar where you're like, I have no idea what day of the week it is. I don't know if it's December or January, really. I don't know when I'm supposed to work again. And this one worked out that we got, it was like New Year's and then we got a weekend, which was very disorienting. So I was like, it wasn't like once New Year's happens, I got to hit the ground running. I still get the weekend. And then the weekend ended and I was like, oh, it's the, oh, today's the day. Okay, so today's the day everything happens. Um, and so, you know, I've tweeted stuff. I've also not tweeted stuff. It's a touchy topic because we work here and what it is is a person leaving where we work. But I don't think it should be controversial Controversial to say that. It is a bummer that Dan doesn't work here anymore. And I, everyone has had their big long things about all the things he's done for them. So I won't bore anybody with another one. But I will say that like he made stuff that looked different from other stuff. And that was important to a lot of people. And so, uh, obviously, he's not done. He will continue to go and do other things. But it is okay to just mourn the loss of that here. Because that being here means a lot to a lot of people. And it's a bummer that it's gone. And I I made the dumb mistake of watching the last, uh, his last Highly Questionable today, right before we did this. And he gave this speech. And I just sobbed. And I was like, well, what the hell, Dan? Did you watch the video that they put out or maybe they aired that on the TV show? That's what they, that was okay. what I yeah, I did at. it yeah, literally at that. like three o'clock and I'm like, oh, that wasn't cool. smart. Yeah, it's just a bummer. He's a really good guy. He's, uh, you know, he's, he's got what he believes in and he fights for it. And um, he just opened a lot of pathways for people at this network that you probably would have liked, but it was helpful to have a person go like, they're one of the good ones. They're with us. 
You know what I mean? It's like a it, he signed off on people in a way that was really empowering. What's funny is when I first started or first heard him, I was like, who is this guy? I was like, I don't like it. And then you realize what he's doing and how awesome it is, the stuff that he does. And you become the biggest fan. And like you make sure when he's on that you take that time to watch it. Like he's appointment viewing. Yeah. I've uh, I've loved and listened to that radio show for a really long time, which is a very strange thing when you work in this industry and someone's like, come be on that piece of content that you always consume. Because then you're like, wait, I, I know too much, but I also am afraid I don't know enough. I want to fit in, but I don't want it to look like I'm trying to fit in. Whereas it's like, if you just came to it blind, you'd probably fit right in because Dan is so good at that. So I always had this difficult relationship with the radio show that I would listen to it and love it and respect it for what it is, but feel like I would be imposing if I showed up and tried to be on it. And so... There was like a processing that I needed to do there that I never really did. And now I missed my shot, which is like, I think what is a bummer for me. But at the same time, it's like the reason, the thing I didn't realize is that I kind of was doing that in what we did with this podcast. Like the audience that he has and the fan base that he has that I was a part of, I was like, that's what is the goal. You should strive to be, to have a group of people that find joy and comfort in your content. And I think I didn't realize that I internalized that and tried to apply it to this show. And I don't think I would have, I don't think we'd be here in this world where Ashley leaving or having to leave was so devastating and we all are like going to get through it together if it hadn't been for consuming the stuff that Dan did. So while Dan helped me by literally helping me and opening a door to me, he also helped me just by being Dan and showing me that like that's a path that somebody can take. So anyway, I don't have to talk about that for a million years, but just shout out Dan Levitard, shout out to Poppy, and shout out to the whole friends and family. Um, they're the best, and we love them, and we're sad to see them go. I don't want to waste too much time because I know, Travis, you said you have a pet peeve that you really want to get off your chest, and it feels much more important than Dan Levitard. So why don't you let us know what that In is? In reality, it's probably dumb. I just acquired it, and I know it comes from people being nice, but when somebody oh god here we go it's gonna be a terrible take and i'm ready it's 2021 i need to roast you for something well it's funny because it's usually what you call me if you don't if we've never met don't call me trav please oh shoot i do that constantly but, but we work together i don't know you that well though what do you so you like to be called trevor right that's well what that's you that's funny when your listeners have now created an any sort of T word as my name, but like when someone mm. will like tweet at me or whatever and say Trav and I'm like, mm, no, that's. But what, so explain that, explain why it feels bad because I, it, like you said, it comes from a place of niceness for me. I'll reply to strangers on Twitter with a shortened version of their name to let them know like, you're cool here. We're cool. We're cool. But what does it feel like to you? What is the reason you don't like it? I, I think because I don't know you. So like, but how could they know you if they don't try to address you? But you've started out as Travis. Like, if I, the first time you see me, you wouldn't be like, hey, what up, Trav? What up, Trav? Oh, I think I would, but that's a flaw in me as a person. I Does think it feel that like that's disrespect? Fun, though. No, it's, I know it's not disrespect. That's why, I, like, I know it comes from a place of they don't mean anything, but for some reason, I saw it the other day and I'm like, I don't. Man, all right. This is good for me to know. I, I genuinely. Didn't know you had an attachment to your name, in which case I'm now like, 
I gotta start just. I think maybe like because like there's also like variations of my name are used by like certain people in my life, so it's like you're not in that like circle to use that. Got it. Got it. Got it. Okay. I'd be interested to know if other people who have nicknames like that feel that way because coming from someone who doesn't have a nickname. I mean, the name Christina, you can make nicknames. I was going to say, Tina, what are you talking about? You are Tina Tina all day. Tina is a nickname, but for my family, my aunt's name is Tina, so no one in my family calls me that. Right. So my friends will sometimes call me that, but that's not a nickname I grew up having where friends and Mm. family call me that, you know, alike. So Mm. I'd be interested to know. And like, I don't have coworkers that call me Tina. Everyone just calls me Christina. So I'd be interested. Well, I'd be interested to know if other people who have nicknames like Trav or Katie, you know, are you offended or weirded out if someone addresses you by the nickname? I'm weirded out when people call me Catherine. Because I'm like, who told you my government name? Like, I don't go by that (laughs) publicly. I'm not like, it's Catherine, but you can call me Katie. I'm like, it's Katie, and just call me Katie, please. Uh, I don't, uh, when somebody calls me Kate, it's weird for me because I think we're all saying the same thing, but feel like we're saying something different. My mom and my brother and my dad call me Kate, but they don't do it knowingly. It's just like, how you doing, Kate? But when somebody else calls me Kate, I'm like, who are you? So I do get it. Kate is dip, but if it, oh man, I guess I do understand it, and I should stop calling you Trav. No, see, but I think you didn't. I guess I'm the bad guy. No, Trav, you're right. I'm bad. I'm a bad person. But we had and like, I should we just, had like we should end at least the met, and it wasn't like you just like the first time we met, Blake. You said it. Like, I did. I called you Trevor. I think. But see, it happens. Funny. For me on the internet, it's when it's whenever somebody calls me Kate, they're always being condescending. But I think that might be intersecting with the fact that I'm a woman. Like there isn't ever a person that's saying it to be nice. I can tell if they are. Most of the time it's like, listen here, Kate. And I'm like, well, well this is a tweet. I don't have to read because <laughs> it's Katie. Uh, but OK, so Trav's pet peeve is calling him Trav. It's literally written in the doc as Trav pet peeve. So that's when so he said glad it. I'm I was like, are, glad I nailed that. that laugh. Oi. Um, all right, so it's Travis, folks. I'll, it's not, I'll give you permission. It's not no. tactical glasses. No, no, don't blur the line. Let's just hold this line for a couple episodes. For the next few episodes, it's Travis. Meanwhile, Tina is clearly signaling with her eyes to somebody off camera that she's in the middle of doing something and she can't talk right now. Well, I could unmute my microphone. It would just maybe be a little bit noisy. Mm. Do we have your boyfriend giving a sales call? <laughs> no, he's not. He's done working that. So we've moved into a two bedroom. His yes. office. Oh, moved in together. Yes. So yeah. So lead. spoiler, we've moved in together officially. Congratulations. Uh, thank you. But he, our spare bedrooms, so the guest bedroom is now his office. So that's great. Um, but I'm working out of the living room. So he has to either stay in his office or go mm-hmm. play video games in the bedroom, which is fine. Yep. And he did the nicest thing, just took out the garbage, but obviously he had to walk by me and that made noise. It sounds to me like you are living, we are living very similar lives now. When you're like, it's there's yes. video games in the bedroom and then there's working in the living room and there's, it's a, it's a complicated ballet, Tina, but you're going to figure it out. Oh, it is. No, I strategically said when you're done working, I'll be in the living room. You can go play video games in the bedroom. Just don't scream too loud and then mm-hmm. I'll be done out here and then we can cook dinner. Mm-hmm. Ooh, what are you going to cook? 
I, I have no idea, but both of us really like cooking. And so we just got like both of our parents just got us an instant pot and something else, some other like cool kitchen gadget. So stay tuned. I love We're going to be cooking gadget. up a storm. I have, I have so many kitchen gadgets covered in dust in my kitchen because I'm like, oh, that'll make me cook. And then guess what? It doesn't. Don't worry. She'll post it on Instagram to just, you know, rub it in that they're having some really nice meal while I'm having like a pizza. Whose fault is that, Travis? Exactly. Me for following her. I need to unfollow her. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> We've really Cooking gotten to has, the heart of the issue here. Cooking has brought me joy, Travis. Okay. Don't take it away from me. Find joy where you can find it. There is not much left out there, uh, which I guess that's your mental health update. Um, I kind of gave it. It's all a mental health update now. I'm starting to realize they're not separate from the pod. They are the pod. Um, one thing that speaks to where I'm at, this is always a good sign for me when I'm in a dark place. I have now, uh, as of recently, started filling pages with words, uh, which usually means that I might be on to something. So that's good. That's always, like I told you, when my apartment starts to get more clean, and when a notebook starts to get more full, is usually like, all right, we're coming out the other side. So, like, things have been bad here. But I think in the depths of the bad, I've learned that the bad exists so that you know not what not to do and, like, how to live with it, you know? It's not about eliminating sadness from your life. It's about making your sadness harmonize with your happiness so that it can always work to, like, in a balance. Again, I have not lifted a single weight today. Uh, this is just, I'm feeling philosophical, I guess. Uh, I think I'm growing up. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to refinance my mortgage today as soon as we're done with this podcast. And it will be closed. That's fine. Whatever. Uh, official pod business. So I told you what we're going to do today. We're going to talk about sports stuff and just be silly and goofy and basically say hi to you guys and check in on you and, and give you something to talk about in the Reddit. Um Still doing two podcasts, and where I think I'm at for now, and this may evolve, we're going to figure it all out together, but I've realized there's a lot of people at this network that I really, really like as people, and that have genuinely interesting stories, but are also very good at their actual job, which is to just talk about sports, and so I thought it would be valuable to like talk with a bunch of them but not about sports, which I know is kind of the point of the podcast. I just want you to get to know the people that you watch on TV as people. Um, and so I, the first person who popped into my head was Mike Gullick Jr. It's probably because his father emerged from quarantine looking. He did a good job. And it's been a topic of conversation amongst. Yeah, you guys, said, you guys had Twitter going yesterday. Yeah, there's. We've been discussing it, and he's always such a good sport, and he's such a good guy, and his dad is actually a really good guy, and I feel like there's a lesson to be learned there. Like, why are the Golics the way that they are? And so I texted him, and I was like, "Hi, I know you're busy, but can I talk to you on Wednesday about your personhood?" And he was like, "Okay." So uh, I think we'll do like one episode. The first episode will be this which, again, will evolve, but will be the sports-centric episode. And the second one will have sports in it, but I think it's going to be, like, interviewee. And not in the sense that it's like, how did you get your start? What's your favorite kind of cheese? But, like, you know, get... Ooh, thank you for answering. One. That is a good one. It's a pretty common one, but we can talk about what that means about you as a person in a future episode. 
I just want, I just am learning to really love getting to know people for who they actually are instead of who they feel like they have to be in order to maintain their positions in the world. And so I just want you guys to know my friend, Michael Jr. So I'm going to talk to him on next week's, on this week's later podcast. And then if that doesn't work and that's boring, well, stop doing it. But right now I'm following my curiosity wherever it leads because I have nothing else to guide me. Um... So that's today on the podcast. Obviously, Travis, we have to do all the scores in the NFL. We should probably start there. Yeah, I mean, we had the voice person do the work, so we should at least play the drops of the scores. Right. And we do have those, right? Yeah. I think Okay. I think she's back working for us. I don't know. Let's hit play on the first one then. Okay. Bills 56, Dolphins 26. Wow, that's She made it through the layoffs. So that's I'm glad great. you made it in 2021. Yeah. I'm not sure that was a job we needed to keep around, but I don't make the decisions. Uh, also, that wasn't a typo. 56 to 26, that Bills-Dolphins game. Um, I've seen today a lot of discussion centering around Tua or like, should the Dolphins draft a quarterback with their pick, their th- the number three pick? Uh, Bamani specifically had a pretty good point about it, which is like, if you're going to discuss should they draft a quarterback, that's the absolute wrong question. If you don't have a name, then who? Then then the answer is no. If you have a specific quarterback, if the Dolphins know somebody that they want to go get, then fine, go get him. But we're talking about this metaphorical draft class as if there's just an abundance of answers to people's problems in it without actually looking at what the problems are and looking at the available people, how they can answer, what they can do for your team. So it's like, yes, Tua struggled, but... To compare him to Ryan Fitzpatrick, a man who has nothing to lose, a man who can essentially try to hit a half-court shot every time, and if it goes in, we're like, what a shot! And if it doesn't, we're like, it's Ryan Fitzpatrick! Uh, Tua was like everything he did. We were watching it. We were analyzing it. We were seeing if he was going to be the guy we were told he was going to be. So I think, and I know this is always my take, but I think this was a weird year And the thing that will help a guy like Tua become the Tua we think he's going to be or we think he should be would be a little bit of validation of like, it's okay. Here are the things we observed that you're very good at. Here are the things where we think you need to work on it. And then if Tua chooses to do so, he can grow to become a guy who reaches his potential. But it feels early for me to be like, yeah, Dolphins, move on from Tua and try to get the a quarterback. Well, like you said, it was a weird year. He gets drafted. He's coming off of a massive injury. Massive injury. And so for him to return with a team that doesn't have a whole lot of weapons, that's a re- there's a reason why they have so many draft picks because they've been they gave away players the past couple of years. Maybe I don't know. Get an offensive lineman. Give him another weapon to throw to. Like it's not sexy. Not to say that offensive linemen aren't sexy. I apologize to yeah, all of them. They are offensive. very sexy. No, and I didn't mean it that way. And I understand it came out that way. They aren't sexy because they're athletes and we're not allowed to discuss whether or not athletes are sexy on this podcast. We stand by our beliefs. But in a world where any football player can be sexy, an offensive lineman can be just as sexy as a wide receiver. In terms of uh, sizzle and steak and all the dumb words we say when we talk about draft picks, you might not get a lot of sizzle from an offensive lineman, but you're hungry and smelling food isn't going to say satiate you. You're going to need to eat a steak. So eat your steak, Dolphins, and leave Tua alone. I will retract this and delete this episode if he ends up being absolute garbage. Thank you very much.
And if you drive what excuse me, you push play and then you start talking I, at the same sorry, time. Sorry, I, I it's a new year, I slipped. Uh, hold on. Let's try it again. Ravens thirty eight. Bengals three. Well, all right. All I care about from this game, obviously the Ravens are, are in the postseason. The Bengals <clears throat> are not. The Bengals tweeted out today a statement to let everyone know that Zach Taylor is going to return to the team. The tweet said, you know, like the body of the tweet, like somebody sit there, sat there, typed quotes. It was a quote from Mike Brown. They put quotes around it and they wrote, we remain bullish on the foundation Zach is building, and we look forward to next year giving our fans the winning results we all want. We must capitalize on opportunities in front of us. Next year, we will earn our stripes. Which, you're Bengals. You've always had them. Um, and then they replied to that tweet, the Cincinnati Bengals, with a photo, an image of the exact same quote, no changes, and they felt they should put they should hit send on that as well. So I know for me, one of the joys of working in this industry has been learning to read between the lines of what teams are saying because they're hardly ever saying what they actually mean. But I don't know yet what it means when you release a statement twice. Is it like when you tell a lie and then you keep telling a lie and then you're like, I have to keep telling this lie so it'll be convincing, but you end up making it obvious that you're lying because why do you keep talking about it? And the quote just reads weird. Like when I, when I see the word bullish, like I feel like that's, you would use that towards like a negative about Zach. And if you take the first like sentence out, it sounds like they're firing him. Yeah, I get what you're saying. I think, I think the reason bullish rubs me the wrong way is because it makes me think of stock market. Um, strategy and it I'm starting to get annoyed by how much I see money when I look at the NFL like I used to see football and I'm starting to see money and I'm like that's not what it's supposed to be about obviously it's what it's always about in the background but I think we're getting a little too comfortable and we will talk about this when we get to what the Eagles did or didn't do allegedly uh later but I'm I don't I like the money to be in the background and to not be and so words like bullish I'm like you only ever hear that when you're like oh I'm a bull and a bear, whatever, you know, stocks, I trade them. Um, but yeah, it, it's a, I don't, I've never seen the value of a team being like, we are not going to fire him because how many times have we seen someone say that and then immediately fire them? Also, if he's still under contract, you have to put out a statement like this. It ain't good. Yeah. Like that's another like, thing. It's like, it's like me coming out and be like, Hey guys, mental health update. Dan and I are not breaking up. And it's like, <laughs> okay, well then what's up? Why'd yeah, you say that? Yeah. We didn't think you were going to. It could be because this is the day everybody fires people they're going to fire. Who did we lose today? We've lost Adam Gase. We lost like, I think there's six or seven in total. Yeah, there's a bunch. There's officially six, I think. Do we have the names anywhere that's in like one list? Because my brain's just going, Adam Gase. And it's like, yeah, I know. There were others. Anthony Lynn. Yep, Anthony Lynn. I don't ever want to uh, uh, advocate for someone to be fired. I feel like that's never that's never the move. Nope. Remember, I have my rule that you can use if you'd like. Oh, yeah. What was that? If they have two commas in their paycheck, it's okay to be okay with them being fired. Yeah, again, and I think I challenged that rule. Uh, but then I also, I diminished my commas. So now I feel like I'm okay with your rule. I'm actually totally fine with it. Forbes. Like if you're making $5 million a year, mm. I desperately need to turn on a light, but we're just going to do Christmas lights. 
didn't really help. At what point uh, are you gonna? At what point do you take your Christmas lights down in your room? Yeah, I think the ones in my room are gonna stay. It goes back to what Tina was saying. She made a really great point, and that was don't just let just enjoy the stuff you enjoy. I, I they make I me think happy. The room you're allowed to. The room I think you can do it. I'm a child. I think leave them up year round. That's my vote. I gotta take down the like. Um, I have the. It's not tinsel. I've always been anti tinsel. It's the. Um, it like looks like pine, but it's just a gar- it's like garland, garland pine garland, garland. Yeah. yeah. I have to I have that like hung up in all different places in my living room and I have a big picture that's wrapped like a present with a bow on it. I gotta take all that down. But I think the Christmas lights here are gonna stay. Mm. You annoyed by that? That really I'm, bothers I'm, you? I'm, I'm torn on that. Him. Part of me is like it's fun, it's your room. And then part of me is like, are you sixteen, Katie? Yes. Okay, Why well can't then, part of me remain 16? Right, Why well can't I use these old Christmas lights draped over my bed to set some sort of mood? In your old Katie, this is cringe to keep them up year round. It's not cringe. Cringe would be being ashamed of leaving them up. Cringe is when you're like, I took down all my decorations. And then actually they're still up because you need whatever happiness they're providing for you. Not cringe is saying, I'm leaving them up. I know that sucks. I know that's super nerdy. But they make me happy, and I'm no longer mad at myself. I'm no longer standing in the way of my own happiness. Those lights stay up, just like that pile of whites is staying on the floor because I don't need white clothes right now, and I just don't need to do this laundry. (sighs) Coaches were being fired. That's what we were talking about. Let's just talk about the next game. Brown Steelers. The Browns beat the Steelers. 24 to 22. Different format for the voiceover there. That was She Went Off Book. Um, shout out to the Browns. Can we hear it for the Browns, please? Christina's a Steelers fan. This is yeah, I'm a Steelers uh, fan, so teeny, that's a little painful. Teeny tiny Tina. It's painful. Uh, but you can, you can beat up next week. Yeah, you do get an immediate yeah, round rematch. Two. Round two. How do you feel about round two? Pretty confident. Is that because you guys rested so many of your starters? <laughs> we rested pretty much all of them. So mm-hmm. uh, pretty confident. Okay. I mean, but oh, so this is interesting. Do you feel any sense of like, if you're going to get beat by the Browns and the Browns are going to finally do the thing people have been waiting for them to do? It's not that bad. Yeah, I mean, or is it's that really, too yeah, no, I agree. It's really, hard. you know, it's not that big of a deal. I don't really care. Yeah, I just think. I don't know. The Steelers, I still can't get a read on what's up with the Steelers because I felt like when you guys lost you, because I know you are an offensive lineman on the team, and that's why I'll never say that you're attractive. Um, When you got your first loss, it was like the Steelers are the kind of team that needs to stay undefeated if they're undefeated because once they get a loss, things kind of start to get weird there. And like I vaguely saw somebody push somebody on the sidelines – at the during the game this week and it was just like it feels like there's a lot of I don't know with that team there's a lot of question marks to me I have no idea what it's based in but I just don't I'm rooting for the Browns in this game I'm so sorry I won't be rooting I won't be rooting for the Browns however I can see if there's ever a year for the Browns to do something that the Browns should have been doing for quite some time now then I would say this is your year, have your 15 minutes of fame. Yeah, and then we're coming back to end it. That's the attitude. Like, if that's what happens. But we'll see. Um, Mike Ryan, who produces uh, 
or produced, I don't know how you say that, Levitard's show. Um, big Browns fan. I texted him yesterday when they won, and I was like, you did it. Congratulations. And he has the energy. He sent me a picture of a, of a hat that was like, we're going to the playoffs. And <laughs> he had bought it. And I was like, you know what, dude? You are like a kid who had really strict parents who went away to college and is like, I'm going to drink everything. And you'd have to be like, I want to tell you not to. I want to tell you to mix a water in every now and then. Slow yourself down. Pace yourself so you can enjoy it. But I know you're not ready to listen to that yet. So I was like, I am going to bring a hair tie. I'm ready to hold your hair back. I will, I will help you navigate through however this ends for you, but just drink it in and enjoy and, it because and it doesn't wants matter. Nobody to hear from the Patriots fan about how well, to so enjoy it. so he said, it. he was like, you really, <laughs> he's like, you really did this for however many years? And I was like, well, Mike, in the metaphor, I was an alcoholic and I didn't realize that. No, see, you were the cool kid with like, you were the rich kid with the cool parents, and so you were like partying every day in high school. God. Then went off to college. Oh, you were the, the cool kid. Door. You had everybody over. Everyone Again, wanted to be invited meta- to your let's just party. Emphasize metaphorically. <laughs> I was yes, the very cool kid. I was the kid who like didn't you try in cheap. school but got an A. Like it, metaphorically, I'm the worst. But I said to him, I'm like, I was an alcoholic, and then he, without missing a beat, was like oh man, that sounds really tough. Could we maybe talk about this next week? And I was like, you got it, buddy. (laughs) Nobody who's just started drinking for the first time wants to hear about your struggles with overcoming drinking. So I was like, just go enjoy your win. Uh, Again, this is all a metaphor that might get a little confusing. I feel like the New York Post is going to be like, Katie Nolan is an alcoholic. Um, I'm not. I haven't drank in a really long time. And again, didn't even go to the gym today. Uh... What else? Vikings 37, Lions 35. Two teams we don't have to talk about, so why would we waste any time doing so? Nice. I feel, Pats, I feel bad that we, what? I feel Go bad ahead. that we wasted the voice the voice person to make her do I couldn't that. believe, but well, she gets paid per, per line. No, no she's, it's a one time, it's like a... It's a flat rate? Yeah, it's a flat fee. She's a full-time employee? This is so interesting. I have so much information to take back to my agent. Uh, Patriots 28, Jets 14. Did you guys hear the Jets fired Adam Gase? Because <laughs> they did. did. They did. Our wide-eyed, our wide-eyed young man, Adam Gase, is no longer with the Jets. But the Patriots won a game. Whoop, whoop-dee-doo. Giants, tw- Giants 23. Oh, no. Cowboys 19. Again, we don't really have to talk about it. Um, there was a play at the end of this game that ended up becoming a review that was very confusing because one ref on the field called it a fumble recovery and the other said that the Cowboys recovered it. And then, you know, when things go to review, they need to have enough video evidence to overturn the call on the field. But there was a question mark about what call was made on the field and it became pretty clear that the video evidence was not going to be able to overturn really anything. And then it also was extra layer of hilarious because the ball was on somebody's but which we always love that's always funny and it was also hilarious because like they shouldn't have fumbled at all in that situation and they almost threw away the game and then it was all funny because it ended up not mattering at all because the Giants won but then so did the Washington football team and therefore both of these terrible teams don't get to be the terrible team that moves on like the ending of that game was basically the NFC East in one play 
Yeah, I said if you've missed the NFC East this season, it was very nice of them to give you a little previously on at the end of the game there. So it's like, oh, I didn't have to watch any NFC East football. I just watched it all in 30 seconds. And then the refs got bailed out like Fox at the last minute. It was like, oh, we have this one camera shot and it actually showed the giant player having it. Like the 11th hour. I don't like to be those people who get conspiratorial about refs and integrity but there was a couple things this week that was like i don't like this i don't like this but this wasn't one of the big ones if you ever do want to join that hatred of referees let me know i have a club you can join it of course you do travis i should check out travis's twitter that's like his bread and you can head to travis's blog spot and know his thoughts on referees the people who up until recently were not full-time employees of the nfl and had to work other jobs in addition to their jobs i mean they they chose to be the referee though they have like well-paying jobs travis sure they're like doctors and lawyers you're considering choices from your perspective you're looking at a choice the way travis looks at a choice not everybody in life has the same choices i'll leave it at that Bucks Falcons. The Bucks won this game. The score was forty-four to twenty-seven. It was a football. Um, not to harp too much on team Twitter accounts, but the Falcons tweeted last night: "We will reportedly interview." Reportedly, if you, this was like the gripe we had with allegedly that people are now throwing out allegedly, and I don't want to bring this up again. Trust me, I do not. But it happened with the woman who told the story about Odell Beckham Jr. and a potential, um, we don't kink shame, but a potential thing he might be into of a sexual nature. And the woman telling the story, who was the woman that he engaged in this activity with, said allegedly, and nobody bat an eye. And I was like, but you're, you're alleging it. It's you, you don't have to cover your, I have to say allegedly, because you've alleged that Odell Beckham Jr. is really on the Browns. Um, but I, I, you alleged it, so I say allegedly. You can't be like, supposedly, supposedly Katie Nolan still has her Christmas lights up. It's like, no, I, I am Katie Nolan, and those are my Christmas lights. So I don't know. It's probably, this is probably one of those situations where I'm overanalyzing a bit that the Falcons were doing. Pardon me for not trusting the Falcons to understand <laughs> And they like tweet out like the interview ended like I I want to bash him, but I kind of want this to be like a thing. Like you have to announce this on Twitter every yeah, every like, time. I am hello everyone. I'm calling my mother. My call with my mother has ended allegedly. <laughs> like all right, thanks for it's, the update. I guess it's very like Magic Johnson as like he. This is stuff that he like tweets. Just like the sun is out today, and I'm gonna have a hamburger. I, I agree. I will not agree in the sense that I don't think uh, Magic Johnson has ever said reportedly or allegedly because he never drifts into opinion. He only tweets the most absolute truths of our planet. He will only Correct. tell you who is playing uh, team-wise, the names of the people playing, and then the score. He'll vary but, it up, but it's always just straight facts. But, like, why are the Falcons putting reportedly? It's your own Twitter account. Like, yes, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make any sense. And I hope they botched the, the I hope they botched this higher. Well, it's the Falcons, so we'll wait and see. Uh Packers Bears, 35 to 16. Alright. Uh both of these teams are gonna continue to play. I have to turn a light on. I feel like I'm seducing you guys. Hold on. 
there she is. Hello, I'm back. Both of these why teams, did, what? Why didn't you turn that light on in the first place? And because I couldn't reach it. Because I can reach it. I thought it was uh, pretty clear. I can reach the Christmas lights. They plug in right next to me. That light is too far away. And I have all okay. these wires. Proceed. Thank you so much. Um, the Packers and the Bears are both in the postseason. I have admitted to not having faith in this season and also kind of removing myself from sports in a way that I know I shouldn't be allowed to do in this job, but that I needed for my mental health. I was, I didn't know the bears were going to pull that off. I was surprised. I I didn't know that they were like on the cusp of making the playoffs, let alone losing in the final week and making the playoffs. I know. Mitchell Trubisky going to the playoffs. I mean, that's cool for him. All right, uh, Ra- Raiders, Broncos. Uh, it doesn't matter. It was thirty-two to thirty-one. Um, this game was interesting. The end of this game was interesting in a way that I was genuinely grateful that the Raiders won it because I don't remember who it was. Please forgive me, but somebody committed an egregious delay of game penalty at the end. That gave the Broncos five yards at the end of the play, and they kick, tried to kick a field goal, and the Raiders blocked the field goal. But had they not blocked the field goal, and the Broncos had won, and the Raiders had lost, Travis, I'm hoping you can correct me if I'm wrong, but the Raiders would have moved up in terms of pick that they would receive. Had they lost that game? Reportedly, this is true. That's really, really good, Trav. It was really I have, strong. I have no idea. I'm very bad at remembering playoff pictures, especially in a season I was paying passive attention to. But if that had been the case, and such an egregious, dumb, just a very dumb penalty uh, had resulted in that, we would have had to have a very difficult conversation that I was just grateful for us to not have to have. Uh, and then the and then the Eagles happened, so we have to have the conversation anyway. But I saw a lot of people on Twitter getting mad about me saying that, thinking that like they should play to win, and I'm like, that's what, exactly what I'm saying. Somehow you're misunderstanding that that's exactly what I'm saying. This is just not about the teams; it's about me and my personal experience on my Twitter account. Colts Jags, the Colts won twenty-eight to fourteen. Her voice is going in and out. I hope she's doing okay. Um, the Colts beat the Jags, and the Jags fired their coach. Um, what, is Urban Meyer going to happen? Um, so over the weekend, it came out that Urban Meyer was calling around to talk to potential assistants. You know, would you be interested in coming along? And then I think I saw today that Doug Marone then went to Shad Khan and was like, what's up? Like, mm. and then now he's fired. Huh. And so it's out there. Urban Meyer used to live in Florida. There's oh, a lot did down. he? Yeah. I mean, there's no... The, and then this is the other thing that always gets thrown out when it's anything with Florida. No state taxes. We love we love that line when talking about anything about with a potential move to Florida. So we'll find out. I, I assume that you're extremely excited and will become a Jags fan if that happens. For anyone who doesn't know, including Urban Meyer, uh, Urban Meyer and I have beef. We're not the closest of friends. Um, it, 
I, I, there was the, you know, all the things. You can know what he has done or hasn't done or like actively hidden or passively not brought to light. Um, my issue with Urban Meyer is that he loves to position himself as a leader of men. College football coaches do this a lot where they're like, we are shaping the minds of young men. When Urban Meyer stopped coaching, he taught a class at Ohio State about like leadership. And I just feel like someone has to call BS on that. Because if you look at the people he's led, not saying he hasn't led them, but if we're discussing leadership, you have to look at where their paths ended. And not, there's a, a high amount of people whose paths under the leadership of Urban, Urban Meyer landed them somewhere problematic and it just feels like if you're gonna brag about how much you can lead um the destination should be something you take into account if you're not a good leader or you are a good leader but you're not leading people in the right direction those are things you should work on instead of being like i lead and then we all are like what a leader interrogate that and i did interrogate that and i continue to interrogate that when it comes to urban meyer I don't coach football. He does. Dan's not wearing any pants. That's not true. I am. Tell him not to flush. No, he's not. He's putting on jeans. I assume he's taking Myrtle to the dog park. But once again, he took his sweatpants off outside of the room and then entered the room to put his jeans on. And I just am talking about Urban Meyer and trying to be on some moral high ground staring at my boyfriend in his panties. And it feels weird. So I shared. Don't say panties. Well, I did. And we can't go back now. We, We could. I, uh, Urban Meyer might be an incredible football coach. He might be the right coach for the Jaguars. My reaction when I hear his name is just to be like, we're doing this again. A pro athlete, pro teams, Urban Meyer might be great at that because a lot of players aren't necessarily looking for you to tell them who they are at the at that age. But I will say if, if they are, because sometimes the way the college football program is set up is that we disincentivize personal growth from athletes because we want them to grow as athletes. And then later we're like, what, where's this character flaw coming from? And it's like, cause you told them they didn't have to do any homework because they're the star of the football team. So now they don't want to do their homework because they've never had to do their homework. It makes sense. But if you had a person who didn't have good leadership or strong whatever who didn't really figure out who they were in college and now they get urban meyer as their pro coach that's not i'm i'm not like well that guy's gonna figure it out because it's all on the player to do it i don't like urban meyer and that's my personal opinion and really doesn't have that much to do with football and that's what i'll say and if there's ever a day where i get another show that looks like always late it's my vow to you I will sneak in some Urban Meyer punchline somewhere in every episode because it's not going to do any – who cares? Everybody I'm, loves Urban Meyer. I can be the one who doesn't. I'm going to wear a shirt with Urban's face on it one of these days. You should definitely do that. I'm sure he's made them and profited off of them as a leader of young men. He has led you to the decision to buy such a heinous t-shirt when we started this podcast off with you saying your fashion sense used to suck. You have graduated to t-shirts, graphic t-shirts featuring the face of Urban Meyer. That is the result of Urban Meyer's 
leadership. I made sure to wear a different shirt than the last time we taped the podcast. Jesse Owens. It's good. Really strong. That's a really strong t-shirt. I now know where you stand on on myriad issues. Mostly because I think the other shirts are in a dirty pile that need to be (laughs) put in the laundry. We do have that in common. Uh, What game did we just finish talking about? Oh, uh, Chargers 38, Chiefs 21. The the Chargers are out, the Chiefs are in, and the Chargers fired Anthony Lynn. Ooh, a poem. <laughs> um, anything else? The Chiefs are good. Chiefs are good, and the Chargers, I think that's a really good job if, if whoever gets it. Uh, There's a lot of talent. And a good, you have a good quarterback. Hmm. We'll see. I wonder who gets it. We'll see. See, if they, if they would tweet out who they're interviewing, we would at least uh, understand. If they would say, allegedly, we're thinking about getting a new coach. Then I'd be like, oh, reports. Then, then we could retweet it with, like, sources. And we don't have to say that it was the Twitter account that tweeted it. Um, the Oh, I think the woman stopped doing that voice. That's so weird. The Rams uh, beat the Cardinals 18-7. to They're, The Rams are in. The Cardinals are not. It's not shocking. It was a, re- it was a really boring game. Um, did the Cardinals fire their coach? No. Cliff Kingsbury is still there. It's Kiss Sexberry, first of all. Show some respect. But second of all, I, is he on the hot seat? Well, I, I don't want to speak on what how he looks. Oh, just um, say allegedly. Allegedly. Is hot? Does he have I mean, a hot butt? Is his butt, I mean, if, is if his you're, butt warm? I assume when he sits down on anything, it becomes hot. So I don't know. Oh. So you're saying that you find him attractive. I'm yeah. wondering if he feels like he's being forced out of his chair by the flames lit by... Just looking back at his career... I mean, he's been there, what, the, two years? Yes, but if you go back even into his college career, the quarterbacks he's had the privilege of coaching are good. And I don't know that his record... But so far, I don't I feel want to like, advocate against somebody's job. I'm asking a question for you to tell me what I, everybody else is saying. I don't think his seat is hot yet. Okay. All right. Wow. So oh. Travis doesn't think he's attractive. You heard it here first. Kiss Sexberry, no, not nope, attractive. Nope, nope, nope. I, I think he is a good-looking man. Tina, any thoughts? No comment. Nice. See, that's how you do it, Travis. Trav, you earned that, Trav. Thanks, Catherine. Uh, the Seahawks played the 49ers. Would you look at that? The Seahawks won. That was rude. 36 to 23. Um, you know, the 49ers had a tough year. And the tougher thing, I think, is going to be they're probably going to lose their defensive coordinator next season. He's probably going to get a head coaching job. I think the Lions is the leading rumor. But who knows anything about anything? Probably other people, but not me, certainly. So um, that would stink. A lot. Nothing. Trav's got nothing. I mean, again, if these teams would just tweet it out, let us know. Mm. It would make our life easier. One name for you to for anybody who's also like, yeah, I'm I'm into it, but I'm not all the way into it. Uh, Mike McDaniel. We are a big fan of him here at this house. He's Dan's childhood best friend. Who? who? Uh, it's insane. He's the run game coordinator for the 49ers. And it's absolutely wild to think that Dan grew up in Denver, Aurora, Colorado, as a 49ers fan because his dad was from the Bay Area. So that was always his team. And then his like middle school best friend grew up to become the run game coordinator of his favorite team. 
which was like, what? That's crazy. Of all the teams, it wasn't even like the Broncos. It was the 49ers. That would be cool. I wish like one of my like close, close friends was like famous in any way of like I could. Well, I mean, did you go to Ohio State? Yeah. But you could have met an athlete. They don't. They are in their own little. You were wearing different clothes then. They didn't know how cool you were. I, you know, I was wearing my orange shirt that I thought was cool and it's not Mm. cool. Mm. Well, now you guys know a, a, a lower on the tier coordinator that when his name starts popping up, because it probably will, because he's really well, you smart. could be you smart. could like break the news. You yeah, but I wouldn't like, do that because it would it would uh, it would. It's not my source. It's a very weird thing, but I can't. I'm never gonna. That would be icky. I think. Can you can you imagine if you like got something before Schefter did? Yeah, I I mean it would be cool if he gave me the exclusive. I'll That's take what I'm it. saying. You'll yeah, get it before Chapter does. But if I happen to hear the exclusive, I'm not probably gonna. That's not my job. I don't report. Sports Center has to report that your podcast. According to Katie Nolan, <laughs> broke the news that this <laughs> team hired to a coach. Sports with Katie Nolan. Ay, that's stressful. Let's not talk about that. I stole a, a I stole a scoop from Schefter once, and he was a good sport. And then I did it a second time, and then I was like, I never want to do this again. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so the Seahawks won and, um, and that happened, which is cool. Uh, Saints beat the Panthers 33 to seven. The Panthers are done. The Saints move on. Um, they didn't win the NFC, right? That was the Packers. They're not in first place. And there's, remember, there's only a buy for the number one seeds, uh, this season, as opposed to one and two, which was a big change that I think we all like grappled with. And then maybe some of us forgot about, and then we're like, whoa, okay, whoops. So, you know, there's that. Yeah. Now there's six wildcard games this weekend. Mm-hmm. Three on like, Freeform is going to air a wildcard game. I don't like, even know. Like, is that ABC Family? That used to be that's ABC like, That Family. used to be like, yeah. That used to be like the ABC Family. Now it's Freeform. Mm. Interesting. Get your games everywhere. Nickelodeon, what's up? I mean, sometimes my curiosity leads me down roads that actually aren't that interesting. But now I'm like, why they change it? But I'm sure I'll find out. It won't be worth sharing. And then we'll all forget I ever asked the question. Uh, the Titans beat the Texans 41-38. The Texans are done. The Titans move on. And then here it is. The the Washington football team beat the Philadelphia Eagles 20-14. to um, The Eagles benched Jalen Hurts. And, uh, and they played, what was his name? Nate Sudfeld. Nate Sudfeld. Everybody was thinking about it. I'm sorry, I forgot for a second, but it came back into my head. Um, and he's and he look, this isn't about whether or not that guy is that guy tried his hardest or not. I saw a lot of people being like, "Well, he went out there and he tried." It's like sure, but you you can't make the argument that certain quarterbacks don't deserve a first, don't deserve a starting job in the NFL, and then be like, "So what's the problem with starting with uh, not starting, but putting in Nate Sudfeld?" It's like, well, because he wasn't. They weren't going to glean anything about him. If anything, they needed these last plays to like learn stuff about Jalen Hurts to make decisions going forward in the future. Putting in your third string quarterback feels like that word we're not supposed to say because if the eagles lost this game their pick moved up by like three spaces or something um and a lot of people were like 
it's this thing I've started to see a lot in, in fandom. It's been around for a while, but it's starting to become more obvious to me. And I don't know if that's a change that's happened in me or if it's that we are moving in this direction as fans. People have started defending the business of sports as like, well, yeah, it's a money-making enterprise. So why, why not set your team up for success as best as you possibly can? even if it's at the expense of a game. And the problem is that I've that has become suddenly very obvious to me is that you if it's not about the game at the end of the day, then it's never going to be about the game. As soon as you start to defend owners and ownership and I'm calling them that as opposed to teams because that's where the disconnect happens. You feel like you're a, a fan of a team. I'm a Patriots fan. I'm loyal to the Patriots. And then with the way free agency has evolved and all of that, it, the, who the Patriots are year to year changes more than it used to. And now to combat that, fans are their loyalty is to a team – and then they defend the team doing whatever they can do to get the best draft pick. But that's playing a different game. That's gaming the rules of the system. The draft picks are supposed to be given to you based on the way you performed that season. So if you change the way you performed that season and you're a better team that wants a better pick... It's the definition of unfair. The system is built to give the worst teams, the teams who need new players, new players, the better of the new players, so that parity exists across the league, so that you don't have a dynasty of like, this one team is just impossible <coughs> to beat. That's the system trying to correct problems within it. But when you start to focus on the system instead of focus on playing football then it comes to a point where it's like you're putting more money in an owner's pocket you're telling a mo um, an owner it's okay to focus on the money and the business as opposed to the game and then you get a bunch of billionaires who run sports teams like businesses and then fan bases being like why do we never win and it's like because you're not playing to win and the money weirdly enough never trickles down into like oh we had a really good season so tickets are cheaper now it's like oh no we had a really good season so if you're going to want to get a seat you're going to have to pay a lot more money and it's just everything seems to be coming more expensive I don't mean this to sound as political as it is I'm literally talking about football like you can't play the game if you can't trust that every team is trying to play and win every game they're playing then that line gets blurry very quickly and it's it makes me worried. But we do that all the time in football where we don't play players. If I it, know. And the Eagles Eagles fans didn't care about last night. It was the Giants that were freaking out and well maybe guess what? Don't suck Giants and you don't need the Eagles to help you out. Jalen Hurts was 7 of 20 and got benched. Wasn't exactly crushing sure, but it. he's also he's all, and, and but the point is, if he's not exactly crushing it, that's more to me evidence you should play Jalen Hurts, learn about Jalen Hurts, see how Jalen Hurts reacts in a 
high pressure, low pressure situation. It's high pressure because it's a professional game. It's low pressure because the outcome of this game means nothing to you. So when you take Jalen Hurts out and you put in a guy who you have no reason to collect tape on, you're not actually considering him to be some part of your team. You're wasting that game. The goal of the game has become the draft pick as opposed to the win. Do you think we care about it if this game was at one o'clock? No, and I think I think we care about it less. I think it there's an argument to be made that a Sunday night football game would have to be between two teams that both are playing for something and that something isn't draft position, that something is like win and you're in, or if it's like win and you get a bye. They they both have to have some sort of something that they're playing for, and that's not because athletes don't care to play for a win it's because the people in charge of the game the coaches the game management it could be it's too it's too tempting for them i find it funny though that like we're okay with teams not playing their players at the end of the year because it's going to help them towards the future of the season because another game but if a bad team doesn't play players to help them towards the future of the program. Because it's not about a game. If you're resting your players, it's so that your players, or at least you can say, it's because football is a brutal game. And the less your players play it, the better shape they'll be in to continue winning. Especially if you're not getting a buy. Especially because there's only two buys being handed out. Resting your players because you know you're about to keep playing is is similar but it is at least game related whereas if you are resting your players so that you'll get a better draft pick a you still have to spend that draft pick properly and b that's really it i think it's just a like it doesn't actually guarantee you anything except the opportunity to mess this up again like it's if you can, I just don't understand how you can be a coach. You can watch Bill Belichick do what Bill Belichick does. And again, I'm not a coach, so there probably is an answer to this I'm missing. But you watch this guy who can, who who laments, like right after he wins a Super Bowl, is like, we are weeks behind other teams preparing for next season. And yet, they, he can go prepare. He can turn high draft picks into very low draft picks and then still turn it into a team instead of being like, I need that number one pick or our team sucks. It's a perspective shift that you're playing for this pick that might be a bust. It's like we forget that busts exist and the only thing that matters is like getting that early draft pick. But you still are going to have to draft a guy that fits into your system, that understands your goals, that wants to play for you, that can play with other people, that plays in your system, if I didn't already say that. You, there's so many other factors, but it just comes down to like, well, winning this isn't going to get us anything. Losing this is. But I think that you have to separate the something because the something is the is like the prize. It's not a prize because you get it for losing, but it's like the consolation prize. And you're not supposed to play for a consolation prize. You're supposed to want the prize, which is the win. The win is supposed to be the goal. Does that make sense? I feel like you either hate me or you're like, yeah, she's making a good point. But I no, don't I, I just think it. that we're freaking out over something. It is certainly it's it's I'm I'm caring about it too much. It, this is not really a sign of the end times. But the but fans are the only people who, of course, the owners are going to want more money. 
Of course. You're never going to find an owner who's like, ah, eh, we'll take a hit. Case in point, if your city isn't doing it for them, they will take your team, continue to own it, and move it to a different city. They will get away from you if it's going to help them with money. So if fans aren't the ones who are like, ew, play the game, then, and athletes. Athletes are our allies in this, though a lot of times people get confused and think that because athletes make a bunch of money that they're the ones that are doing the pro- There are a lot of athletes. I saw a Tory Smith tweet last night because a lot of athletes tweeted that like what the Eagles did was garbage. Tory Smith tweeted last night that he's known instances of, of players getting benched because they were about to hit financial incentives in their contract. And like, now that is a pure case of allegedly, I'm not saying that, Tory Smith said that, and even then Tory Smith didn't provide names or evidence, but a, a football player said that he knows allegedly of instances where that has happened. Which makes you think that the athletes want to win. They don't have a lot of time to waste. An athlete's career, a football player's career, is not that long. So for them, if they end a season by throwing a game, essentially, uh, that looks bad for them, and they want to win before their career is over. A lot of them want to play so that they can hit the bonuses that they know they can hit, because financially, that's their livelihood, but also, it will help them with their next contract. They're playing their career. But owners are doing it for money on top of money that never goes back into the product. I'll give you that. And the owners are playing a longer game than the players are playing. Exactly. Like, like the said, owners don't have the short career span. They're not like, quick, make all your money now. I agree, soon I agree not with that. But like, the Eagles weren't exactly, the players that were out there weren't exactly crushing it. So like, I, I just, the, the part that annoyed me the most were all the Giants fans and players. Like you're why def- did that annoy you? Because I it, that made it it made me go, whoa! Why is everybody being so vocal? And then I understood it. And then I was like, because this is what they're here to do. Because- and if we can't even remember that the game is the important part, if we lose sight of that, then football is going to be the WWE, and you're just going to be like, yeah, well, we know what happens, but we still watch them go through the motions. They only cared because they needed Philadelphia to win. If Phil, if they didn't need Philadelphia to beat Washington, the Giants players and fans don't give a damn about that game. But that could also just be why they feel emboldened to say it. It might not. There might be plenty of players who feel it who aren't going to say it because it doesn't affect them and they just don't want to cause trouble. But when it affects them directly and they know that they're not wrong in saying it, I'm like, I kind of liked seeing players openly be like, this is why we hate this team. If it makes sense. It doesn't make a ton of sense because it's not like Eli has a long-standing issue with Doug Peterson. I think also it's the fact that it was the NFC East where all the teams were crap. And so, no, like, I don't like if it was a team that was like better and somehow got screwed over by this, I might care a little more. But, like, hey, Giants, you suck this year. You have no room to argue. Well, but the Washington football team also sucked this year. They sucked just a and little going, less. And they're going. Like, it's like. The thing that I keep coming back to is like it isn't worth getting that worked up about because it's all we're already annoyed. There's a preview for The Bachelor on right now. Oh boy, I I can't wait for that tonight. They just wrote The Bachelor. That's terrible. That's terrible. Why do they do that? Oh, they Um, have it. it, 
it doesn't it doesn't really matter because we were already annoyed that a terrible team with a terrible record was somehow going to make it into the postseason the Washington football team being in the postseason is like okay I guess it's the lesser of all those evils I don't even really know that that whole that whole division just made you feel like they were wasting your time and this was like the cherry on top of like no we're literally gonna waste your time that division was 2020 yes and again part of this could be because Playing football in 2020 was absolutely unreasonable. It's crazy that we got a season in. It doesn't make any sense. We probably shouldn't have. We may later look back at this and go, who has long-standing issues from the season we insisted on having? My point is, if you're going to risk lives, which sounds dramatic, but essentially could have been true. If you're going to risk lives to have this season, play to win the game. It's the least that you can do. I don't mean to sound like an activist, Travis. I don't mean to exhaust you with my wokeness. It's just a realization I had where it was like, yeah, if it's not about the game, it's about money. And the money's not coming to anybody except the owners. It's going to the players, but make no mistake, more of it's going to the owners. It's okay, Kate. You're good. Oy vey. Um, All right, that's football. Thank you to our announcer for saying all the half of the scores and teams. She kind of slacked off towards the end, though. She did. And you know what? I We're going to allow that. It was the a long season. She's tired. She did her best. Or they did their best. I have no idea. who. Well, she has only six best. games to do next week. So <sighs> she'll check her schedule. Um, the Bachelorette. This is complicated waters. I part of me was like the new season of The Bachelor premieres tonight. We can start fresh. And just let the bachelorette that ended end with that because we don't have our updater. But Travis, I asked you if you if you rode the ship oh, yeah. into the the ocean floor, if you went down with the ship and watched the rest of the bachelorette. You said you did. Do you want to give anybody who may, for some reason, have enough of a vested interest to need an update, but not enough of a vested interest to have watched it, what happened at the end of her season? Yeah, I sat on the Titanic and played my violin till the very end, so I can give a quick... So we are down to four. Ivan, Ben, Zach, and Brendan. I would not have guessed any of those names if you gave me ten guesses. So Ben gets sent home, and he's very, like, shell-shocked. And Tasha's like, wanting him to say something at the end, but in his... And then it's like, I kind of defended him. Like you just dumped him. Like, what do you want him to say though? Mm-hmm. He told everybody, but her that he loved her, which was a massive mistake. That's probably what she wanted him to say. But now it's too late for him. Like now, if he says it, it's going to be like, well, it's too late. So then say it's too late. So he's gone. And then Brendan is having dinner with her on a date and saying that his heart's not there yet. He's still got this divorce and he's just, He's not there. Oh, and boy. so he pulls the ejection cord. So now we're Damn. down to two. But then Ben comes back and like knocks on her door, wants to talk to her. And she's very passive and like standoffish. And but then she's like saying goodbye to him. And she goes in for the kiss and makes out. Oh, and, boy. And, oh, says, and says, stick around for the rose ceremony. Like she's going to commercial break or like stick around? Like, I'll see you later tonight. Don't leave me. Yeah. Okay. So then we get to the rose ceremony. Stick, she turns to camera. She's like, stick around. We'll be right back with more Bachelorette. And you're like, whoa, back in, Tasha, back in 60 what's seconds. Up? So you have Ivan, Zach, and Ben. And Ivan, mm-hmm. she goes and can we talk? 
and she mm. references religion as an issue. At no point in the show had religion been brought up. And then he's mm. in the car saying, I knew at some point it might be a, a bombshell that would blow up. And so people are like wondering. Later it came out that I believe Scientology. His, his belief is he just doesn't know what the afterlife is. He's not what? saying that there isn't a God. He's just saying that he doesn't know. And Do you, she's I, I don't want to put you on the spot. Do you know how old he is? Ballpark? I'm gonna say thirty. Okay, that's not a reason to Maybe I'm applying my own values. I feel like if if somebody is slamming the door on spirituality and you consider yourself a very spiritual person, then maybe. But if somebody is like, I'm figuring it out right now at 30-ish, that feels like what a, what you should, you should always take the worldview you think you have and every few years just like double check it against your current life and be like, is this still something I believe? That way you know that like you're not just going to church because your mom went to church. You're going to church because you want to go to church. And this you know? is, I'm going to take a road down the conspiracy theory with this show is it's my belief that during their um, fantasy suite night, this religion did get brought up and they realized quickly that Brennan's gone. If, Ivan's gone. Zach's the winner like that. And so that's when they huh. said, we need Ben to come back and say Damn, that he loves her. Trav, that's a pretty good point. So now you have Ben and Zach sticking around. I just take issue with somebody calling it a religious, a religious issue when the person is saying they don't subscribe to a religion. Which I think that means he's what? Like agnostic? I, don't, I can't remember yeah, what I don't, they all are. Because atheist is when there's no God, yeah. right? But I think agnostic is when... You just don't believe in a codified system? God, I might yeah. be making a fool of myself. So then it's down to Zach and Ben, and Zach is the winner. And they huh. propose, and they're together. I'm cor- I'm incorrect. Agnostic is a person who claims neither faith nor disbelief in God. No, maybe I am right. Then. That, so- that sounds like he's just unsure. And atheism is disbelief. In the existence of God. I think yeah. that was right. So Either that's- way, it's the, it's the world's most complicated issue, religion, in the sense that, like, there's a lot of different options, and a lot of them, we may soon find out, are kind of saying the same thing. And, anyway. And we didn't get any sort of reunion show. I need that. Huh. If, if, if you're going to have a reality I show, I need a reunion show. The challenge Can I tell it. you something? Yes, can I tell you something I learned, though? Because I just watched, and this will be quick, I promise, The Real Housewives of Potomac. I watched their most recent season. Had I watched seasons one through four? No. But at the beginning of season five, they put out a thing that was like, this will get you caught up. And I had heard season five was very dramatic. And I saw, like, memes from the reunion. So I'm like, let me just watch season five, see if I can get into it. I learned that Real Housewives has nailed the art of the reunion. They have the best reunion in the reality show game. And it's probably because Andy Cohen, the guy who hosts the reunions, was like the executive producer of Housewives. He was like a behind-the-scenes producer guy who then became talent. And there is a lot of questions about Andy's integrity and the things he's willing to put people through in their personal lives for the sake of making entertaining television. And I don't want to even have that conversation right now. All I'm saying is the challenge reunions are the most disappointing part of the season. And it's not just because they're hosted by Mike and I can't stand Mike. I 
despise Mike. Well, it's not, it's it's not, it's not even always Mike. His name is Mike. Either way, they don't, the hosts, oh yeah, it was like Victor Cruz once, And then that one girl with the red hair. Yeah, and I love Victor Cruz so much. He's the nicest guy. And one time in the makeup room, he told me he was afraid of dogs. And then a beautiful, adorable dog came in and he genuinely was afraid of it. And I was like, I love this person. He's such a, an authentic, lovely person. And I think he has a lovely girlfriend, but I don't know if they're still dating. Why am I still talking about it? Point is, the, the producers of the challenge, the thing I'd compare it to is when I went on a trip with... Um, NFL Films Presents, which is an incredible... NFL Films has amazing... They're very good at capturing like documentary footage. They're very good at documenting what's happening and editing it together and putting a voiceover on it. And like you watch Hard Knocks, right? And you're like, whoa, there's no host of Hard Knocks. There's a voiceover and there's incredible documentary footage. I went on a trip with NFL Films with, with a bunch of Hall of Famers and I kept being like, there's no room for a host here. This is... Very uncomfortable because I don't know what I'm supposed to do. And then it ended up being me just like saying things to camera that were super inauthentic and then like documentary footage of the people. That's what the challenge feels like to me. The challenge producers are so good at manufacturing these challenges so that they create the drama that the season is missing. They'll do like a bring in all the veterans and have the rookies not know that yet. Have the rookies think they're playing a veteranless season until they get really far and then surprise them with veterans. So now you have all these new dramas so that when these veterans retire, you're still invested in the show. They're so good at manufacturing that show. They're terrible at a reunion. The challenge reunion is bad. I haven't watched enough Bachelor reunions, but the, the way to do it well, is to they produce the one. show for the reality, for the reunion. The reunion should be where you can show them the footage of like, this person told you that they would never lie to you. Let's check the tape. And then you show the tape and it's them on camera lying. And then you go, why don't you two work that out right now on TV? And then they go at it. But the challenge is just like, you two had drama. What's your drama? And it ne- it just doesn't ever work the way I think it could. Do you think a, re- a reunion show with The Bachelor Bachelorette though would work just because... At the end, like, the person chose the person they're with, and it's like they're done talking about yeah, the other. It is, yeah, it is sort of like a, I didn't pick you. It's not like the woman is going well, to be like, oops, I made the wrong choice. This is what we need, then. We don't need the the bachelorette or the bachelor and their person. We need everybody else that didn't win. Yeah, it's men tell all. We yes. need the men tell all episode, and that's really it. But, I mean, I guess you would give the woman the chance to defend herself. If she wants to. But the thing that that show is predicated on, they're all based in non, non-authentic non reality, but that show is more of like, you really got to buy into the premise. You have to assume that you're here to get married, but it's really, you're here to win the show. It's like, if the marriage doesn't work out, it's not like we come and take the money well, back also, that you got from being you don't on the get, show. You don't have to get married immediately. Yeah, which used to be the thing. It was the reason that not everybody wanted to be on The Bachelor because it was like, well, I don't know if I'm ready to get married. And now people are like, that's fine. You just annul it quickly enough. You don't, or you did. Or we just won't get married. We'll just yeah. say that we're still, we're still getting to know each we're other. We're engaged. It's like, that's called dating. And I don't, I didn't, I'm not watching a show to see you date. I want to see married at first sight. I want you to meet somebody and marry them. And then I get to watch what happens. I couldn't do that show. I couldn't do that show either. Love I don't of, think people should do that show, but I love that people do so that I can go, what a social experiment. Love Love is Blind is the you good You want to know my issue with Love is Blind? Not a single person was unattractive. 
Well, Love is blind is- works if somebody's ugly. <laughs> And you have to get over that. Like you're not learning any lessons if you're like, oh my God, I finally met him and it's a, a I didn't expect him to be a beautiful black man, but he's still beautiful. And that's really all that, like they're, they're missing the part that's like, they, they're bonding over their attractiveness. They're yeah. all from central casting. So of course they're all good enough to look at. You know what I mean? It's not like any, you're not really getting to know them as people. What a dumb tangent this was. Um, I'd say let's do an ad, but we don't have any. So all we have to do now, Trav, is, is talk about college football, which is your favorite thing. So there were games. They were big games. Do you want to say what happened but make it interesting? College football playoffs was this weekend, and Notre Dame versus Alabama in the first one in the Rose Bowl played in Jerry's World, which is a little as weird. As it always is, right? Yes, as it always is because the game got moved. Um, and Alabama or uh, Notre Dame didn't show up again. And what Alabama, was it called? Was it the was it the like Tax Slayer Rose Bowl? What was the name? Do uh, know? I don't know if the Rose Bowl has. I forget if the Rose Bowl has a sponsor. Um, because it's just funny to think it wasn't played in Pasadena and it was called the something. It's like at this point, what is this property that we're holding on to? But that's college football, and I'm not allowed to question it. Sorry, keep going. And then in the second game was Clemson versus Ohio State, which everybody assumed was going to be a Clemson victory. And most thought it was going to be pretty easy. Uh, it wasn't. It was the opposite. Oh. Um, Ohio State crushed Clemson, uh, which made me very happy. People on Twitter that followed me probably hated me last Friday. Forty nine to twenty eight. There's the voice person. Yeah. Uh, the two the two storylines was Dabo going into it voted Ohio State eleventh in his mm-hmm. poll, and so that was kind of the motivation. And after the game, all the players were, you know, hey Dabo. Does that make you guys 12th and talking about that? And then Justin Fields got absolutely crushed in the second quarter. Um, came back, missed one play, came back through a touchdown, then got some shots at halftime in his ribs and continued to play. And we don't really know the status of him. Man, I mean, again, I don't know anything about anything, but after hearing the Tyrod story, somebody tell me they have to give me shots in my ribs in the middle of a game. I'd be like, no, I don't know. I and like don't he was like, no. I woke up Saturday morning feeling better than I expected, um, which makes one of us, Justin, because... Uh, I was going to say, had, for a Saturday, that's pretty rare. Well, I had like three hours of sleep before I had to wake up and do a show on Saturday morning, and uh, mm. it was not pretty. Mm. Like, you ever whose ha- fault is that? Yeah, have you ever, well, not mine. It was Jack Daniels' fault. <laughs> have you ever had that feeling where like you're unsure if it's going to be a burp or if you're going to throw up? Travis, I took a tour of the Sam Adams Brewery with that feeling. I was throwing up right up until I took a sip from a beer that the owner of Sam Adams had just spit back into. And I took a sip of it and I was like, we have to power through this. So if I can give you any advice, it would be put a camera on you and have to perform and you'll know that it's going to be a burp whether it wants to be or not. And then I did then on Saturday morning, I realized... Um, when I went to the kitchen, that I, I made a breakfast burrito at like two thirty in the morning because I was hungry and drunk. You made it though. That's nice. Yeah. Well, Give yourself credit for that because I've woken and up eggs. and found pizza outside of my door and been like, "Oh, I ordered that at four o'clock. That wasn't logical." Speaking of, that just made me think. I've recently downloaded a food delivery app. I'm not going to give them say the name because they haven't given me anything for it. So wow, nice businessman. I recently downloaded it and it's it's like an addiction. Well, they just re 
formatted, God, this is going to betray how much I know about food delivery apps because I use them all all the time. Grubhub and Seamless a long time ago became the same company, but their apps always looked different. Seamless continued to look like Seamless and Grubhub continued to look like Grubhub. And then they just made them basically the same during quarantine, which was like, don't change this. Don't change this right now. We're using this more than ever. Leave it how it is. And I don't like the way they changed it. But if I, I, I don't know which app it was you used, so I can't give you my professional opinion. It might be one that you also could use for car service. Uber Eats. So it's Uber Eats. Okay. Um, which I've noticed is starting to look a lot more like Postmates. They're using the same font. And I'm wondering, are those two related? I could Google it. The thing is, like, you're just like sitting here like 9 o'clock at night or whatever, and you're like, I'm kind of hungry. Uh-huh. I don't want to go so out. this is though. your first foray into the dining apps? I just downloaded it. Uh, in November. What have you been doing? I get yeah. my, Tina I, had the right reaction, but her mic didn't pick it up. It was, what? I get in my car and would just go get it. Oh, see, well, I so I don't have a car. Yeah. Uh, I live in a city that is one square mile and has a bunch of restaurants. And but I see, can the, walk to them, but they could also come to me. The thing that I never thought I about it, though, for that. was in the past, if I've been drinking, it's like, well, guess who's going to starve? Not mm. Not anymore. No, yeah, that's and uh, it's just like all of a sudden. So, well, the other night I wanted Chipotle, and it was like Chipotle is going to be like a five dollar fee delivery fee, mm. and then there's like if you got one, it's like a small plate, so it's another three dollars. But it's like if you get another order, all those fees go away. So guess who ordered you, yeah. a burrito and a bowl on Thursday night? Was it you? That's smart. Look, I've ordered um, more apps than I need because I have to hit a delivery minimum and I'm all by myself. Like, these are just the things you get used to. It's the trouble with having a disposable income when you're me because I'm like, I don't even look at a delivery fee. You at least just keep something that will keep you from using it all the time because once you discover that Cold Stone is on there and you don't have to need a meal, you can just want ice cream and you can get it brought to you and you can enjoy it from the safety of your home you're like well that now it's over for me it's over for my blood sugar and my cholesterol because i can just eat what i want when i have want. have you ever ordered an ice cream cake for yourself no i thought about it i've thought about it and um and you know well then you haven't really hit like rock bottom yet dan though, so. dan uh reminded me of how bad that would be because you can lose sight of it I used to think it would be crazy to order McDonald's delivered to your house. I've done that multiple times in quarantine. We had Taco Bell for dinner last night. I've I've blown past that threshold. Dan, I respect his boundary that he has set, which is like we are not going to order an occasionless ice cream cake. We can still just order ice creams. We can like it, love it, or gotta have it, but we cannot gotta have an ice cream cake unless it's your birthday. I'm probably, look, he leaves sometimes. And when he leaves, what I do is my business. But when he's here, the boundary is there and I respect it. It keeps me from going fully, diving fully off. Does the the ice cream come at a, still like frozen or like, that would make me nervous. See, this is going to depend on the time that you order it and your proximity to the Cold Stone. Because if you live too far away from the Cold Stone, the problem isn't that driving it to you, directly to you, it's going to melt. The problem is that they're going to stop at a bunch of different places before they get to you, and that's when your ice cream's going to have the opportunity to melt. But if you order it late enough at night, you're probably one of their last orders, and they're just going to send it out with the guy. It'll get there quickly. It'll be a little melted, but it's Cold Stone. It's already smushy. Yeah, that would be... Like, the McDonald's always makes me... It's like $4. Just, I'm like, no. 
because I don't want that much. And then I have to order. It's like if you order $20, all those go away. And I'm like, I do not need $20 worth of McDonald's. How not? How are you not hitting 20 bucks at McDonald's? I mean, anytime I get a meal at McDonald's, I also get nugs as like, in case the meal isn't good, I, at least I'll have the nugs. No, I, is that not no. how we're all doing it? No. no. Well, that's unfortunate. But Taco Bell is easy to get 20. I mean, that's easy. Okay, but they got rid of cinnamon twists and I got a real problem that's, with that's it. That's okay though, because the cheesy gordita crunch is there and actually I want to reach out to them and see if there's a way that they will sell the sauce that they use for the cheesy gordita crunch. The spicy ranch. I just want to be able to buy that in like a tub. Have you ever had somebody make you one that has too much spicy ranch on it? No. Because I have. And you're like, oh, that's too much. It's too, it's perfect. If they hit it perfectly, it's perfect. But it doesn't play nice if they put too much of it on it. My top, we just got a Taco Bell down the street. So I can now get my Taco Bell in 30 seconds. But they refuse, they keep forcing lettuce onto me. I get lettuce taken off of all my tacos and sandwiches. Why? Lettuce is for salads. Because it, it, it's just a personal preference. I'm not asking anybody else to like join me in this fight against lettuce. I understand lettuce has value. I don't think that Taco Bell and McDonald's are getting access to the best lettuce in the game. They also shred it. It becomes soggy. It's not crispy, which is the only value that I think lettuce really adds to anything. It's not refreshing. It's just old, wet, soggy lettuce. And it just, I don't need it. So I remove it. And I specifically remove it. They give you the ability to remove it on the app, and then they just keep sending lettuce into my house. So your beef with lettuce isn't the like the first couple items that you're going to eat. It's the ones that might be consumed later. No, it's just the quality of lettuce. I think the starting point of lettuce quality for a fast food restaurant is not the same starting point as like buying lettuce at a at a at a grocery. And with you, like, well, that's like Chipotle. I ate the burrito the night of, and the bowl I kept for the next day, and then I open it up took the lettuce off warmed up everything else then was able to apply the that's lettuce that's what i used that. to do when i would was still allowing myself to eat at subway i would I be you. like don't i would toast the sandwich before you put the lettuce on it i'll eat lettuce in a wrap for some reason it makes more sense to me there because it provides a crunch that i'm not getting elsewhere but mostly everyone's shredding their lettuce and shredded lettuce is impossible to remove from something if I can do it myself, if it's a tomato and I decide when I'm about to eat it that I don't want the tomato or an onion, I can just take them off. Lettuce is like the cheese has melted, the shred of lettuce is into the cheese, which is into the bun, which is into the sauce, and I, I'm there for the sauce. So then I'm taking the lettuce off and I'm losing precious sauce, Travis. You officially have me because there's many times where you look at it and a lot of the lettuce has like, like a soggy brown tint to it. Yes, Tina has been so offended by this conversation that she decided to leave, and we're just going to have to continue on without her. And I apologize, and we'll welcome her back when she joins us. Lettuce, it's not at, it's just not adding anything. I don't really have a problem with the lettuce. It's just that I can't remove it myself. A Big Mac without lettuce is the best. And if you're going to Taco Bell or McDonald's, you've already made the decision that you're not there. It's unhealthy. Yeah. I don't need it to fool me into being a salad. I know yeah, like, it's not. So let me just eat the burger. If you're getting a salad at McDonald's, I've got bigger issues with you than other things. Wendy's like, had good salads for a minute. Wendy's had a really good salad. I haven't been there in a while. Back in like the like the mid two thousands. Back when I was living in Framingham. So yeah, like oh oh when did oh, I leave there? Oh five. So probably oh yeah. So early two thousands. In college, across the street from me was at Wendy's. Mm. And uh Went there a lot. And that was back when their dollar menu was the best. Poppin'. It's yes. poppin'. Get a JBC for 99 cents. Mm. And mm. I mean, 
our all our napkins out of our apartment, the silverware, condiments, salt and pepper, sponsored by Wendy's. Yes, of course. But yeah, just being you're just being frugal. Yeah, but yeah, you're being resourceful. You're doing some you're doing some urban gardening. You're going out into your environment and gathering the things you need. Well, that's when I realized I was an adult. Was I went to Chipotle a couple years ago and I didn't grab the biggest handful of napkins and spoons and forks that I could possibly grab with one. Sw- and that's growth because there are people who because that's what they've always done continue to do it even when they don't need it anymore and that's when the economy of the napkins and the silverware at Chipotle gets thrown completely out of whack. They you're allowed you're not supposed to you're allowed to take what you need, but don't take it when you don't need it. Yep. I think that's fair. Um I don't know how we started talking about that, but there was one more story that you wanted to talk about. In regards to college sports. Oh, I saw the story. I think it's Boston University. Their men's and women's basketball team played with masks on. And that's where I'm opting out. You're opting out. Yeah. If um, you're telling me I have to, like, if you're telling me that I need to wear a mask, then I'm, I'm just not going to play because. Well, so for me, the thing is like, what science, what study, what information led you, Boston University, to a conclusion that nobody else was led to? I'm willing to entertain the possibility because of the way the information economy around COVID has worked. I'll give you a chance to prove that there's a reason that you did it. But another part of me recognizes it as when you see somebody post on Instagram about like a party or a holiday and you see the first picture on the slide is they have masks on. And then you swipe far enough into the slides and you're like, well, your masks came off. So you just put this mask on so that all of your comments in your comment section wouldn't be, hope you guys wore masks. It's like you're just doing it to be like, nobody can say we didn't do everything we could. And it's like, yes, but but did you? My, my thing is, if me taking the mask off suddenly makes it that unsafe... We shouldn't be playing. We shouldn't be playing then. But people hear that as, well, we're not going to cancel a season, so put a mask on and play. And it's like, no, no. We like, have to cancel the season. It's hard enough to breathe with those things on just walking down the streets. I don't know how the athletes have done it in practice when they have, let alone playing in a game. So, no. I'm- I've got a system now that I'm worried is going to affect me once we take our masks off. That, like, the way I'm breathing when I'm, like, walking the dog is not a way that I would want anyone to be able to see my mouth and nose because the lining of the mask that I wear and I wash and whatever and I steam, like I have to kind of like, when I breathe out, push it away from my mouth so that when I breathe in, it doesn't go like up my nostrils and into my mouth. So it's like I'm doing this really ugly like Lamaze, like (laughs) that I'm afraid that once I get out into the world, I'm going to keep doing it and be like, oh no, people can see me. The same way that like, Everybody knows this, even if you don't want to admit it to yourself. The first time you left the house with a mask on and your allergies or something acted up because you've been inside and hadn't been outside in a while and you got a runny nose, you became very aware of how much you were sniffling in and who was around you when you were doing it because you knew they were going to think you had corona and you were like no my nose is just weirdly leaking it hadn't leaked all day but here i am at cvs and my nose is running so i i'll say it i'm not ashamed 
I, at the CVS counter picking up a prescription, let my nose drip down onto my face. It didn't go into my mouth. I'm not a crazy person. But I didn't freak out about not letting those boogers out of my nose because no one could see them. But we're going to reach a world where we're back out out there with no masks on and I'm going to have boogers running down my face and someone's going to have to remind me they can see me. At at the beginning of this, I didn't have like official masks. I was using bandanas and my nose is running and I'm like in the checkout line and didn't have any tissue or anything. So I just took the bandana and just started wiping my nose as, with the mask. Oh yeah, I I have done the thing, you know the thing you do, you used to do in the old times, in regular days, when your nose would run and you'd take like your sleeve of your jacket, and you weren't using it as a tissue, but you just kind of smush the boogers back up into your nose. I've done that with a mask on without realizing that that meant I was boogering my mask. It's why I wash and steam them, because I'm like, there's boogers all over this thing. I didn't even know I had that many. I don't have a particularly booger issue you know booger mcfarland and i are fine we have no beef so i'm like why am i suddenly the boogeriest person but it's just the way that it is and nobody talks about this nobody talks about the booger struggle i'm glad we discussed that i have no idea if boston university did the right or wrong thing and at this point it's i don't care um just stop letting people get sick and let's hey let's all get vaccinated even though some of us are terrified of needles um let's wrap this thing up because i said i really i truly believed this time was going to be quick i didn't believe it for a second i know you were right and i was wrong and that rarely if ever happens but you're right we do have time for one more voicemail so hi katie and possibly others i'm not totally sure um, this is Isabel from Boston, and my question is, what language do dogs think in? I'm aware that that might be a really stupid question, but I thought about it while looking at my dog the other day, and it really threw me for a loop. So yeah, thanks. Love you, mean it. Bye. Isabel, a fantastic question. A fantastic hometown that you have. Um, did you just make a noise? Because you yeah. don't think it's a good question? I'm, I'm, I'm a little unsure. Go ahead and talk first. Trav, you don't you don't spend enough time at the gym because if you do this question gets even crazier than the one you asked because i know i could tell by your voice isabel you asked this question and you were like is this dumb and the answer isn't necessarily no but i'm here to tell you it could be dumber because if you're where i'm at with the stage of communicating with my dog. And just to refresh for anybody who's new here, and if you're new here, why? I, this is not... If this is your first foray. Come back when we figure out the haircut. Right now, we're trying bangs. We're trying everything. Come back once we get it figured it out. We'll figure it out. That's right. We'll let you know when it's all figured it out. But I've started to try to... I shouldn't do this. I've started to try to think like my dog. Because you have to realize that we project humanness onto our dogs in a way that's actually, at first it's cute, then it's kind of weird, and then it's like, this could be detrimental to the dog. Um, So I, you have to think of it like they're not having an internal running monologue. And that's the hardest thing about relating to my dog for me, because my head is constantly talking to myself. I'm like in a constant state of like, why'd you just do that? Well, here's why I did it. Oh, that was wrong. You were wrong. You were right. You were wrong. I'm in a constant state of judging myself in my head. In all different, it's not like voices in my head, but it is. It's it's me, but I'm talking about me. My dog's not doing that. So when I put my dog in her crate, she makes a sad face. She's not like sad 
because of the fight we just had. She's not thinking about whether or not she was wrong or I was wrong. She's still just thinking about food and pets. She's like, I want you to give me love or give me food. And I think I could have just answered this in that my dog speaks English with a Tennessee accent because Myrtle's from Tennessee. I respect her heritage. And when I give her a voice, that voice is like this. She's Myrtle. She's like, I'm just so cute. Why don't y'all give me some food? And then I'm going to watch Nate Bargetzi's stand-up set. Like, she's just, that's my dog. I know that. But I also know that's not real because they don't think like we do. So technically, the answer is like no language. And that's why it's so hard to properly communicate with your dog. Because we think in sentences and words. And they think in food and kisses. But Travis, if you just had to answer the actual question that was asked, what language do you think they speak in? It's got to depend on the dog breed, right? Yeah, if it's a German Shepherd, obviously you're going to use German words for command. That's right. Da. But if it's not, they're going to understand English. There have been a couple times. Tina, do you have a dog or a pet of any type? I don't have a pet, but my parents have dogs. Because I've realized, what was I even going to say? It probably wasn't important. It isn't. No, it is. There have been times where Myrtle does seem like she completely understands the English sentence that I just said. And it sucks because I've yelled at Dan and been like, hey, Dan, if you want her to stay, you can't say, now don't follow me, Myrtle, because she doesn't speak English. She speaks stay. She speaks sit. So if you say, like, why aren't you sitting? She doesn't hear that the word sit is in there. You have to just say the word sit. But lately, I've been like, Myrtle, if you don't go to your bed, you're not going to get this treat. And she'll sprint over to her bed and lay down. And I'm like, well, maybe, maybe my dog's just a human. I, I don't think Myrtle's a human. This would be a much more interesting conversation if I were at the gym. I think because I'm not, I'm trying to channel it and I can't find it. But there's a lot here to unpack and you should certainly unpack it. Don't leave it to unpack it later because then you're never going to unpack it. That's the thesis of this podcast today. And you know what? I think that's it for it. I think we can wrap it up there. Now that we know that dogs speak German and or no language or English. That's it for this week's edition of sports. Wasn't it something? Shout out to nobody. Shout out to nobody. Shout out to no sponsor for riding with us through the dark times. I'm just kidding. I think it was just because it was the holidays. So we probably didn't sell an ad. Everybody's fine. We still love all of our sponsors. Just none today. They get no love from us today. Shout out to ESPN Daily, hosted by Pablo Torre, who maybe will be on this podcast in the future because he's a friend of mine that works here. Um, it really is a good podcast. Pablo has managed to make it Pablo-y enough. And if you know Pablo, you know that's the perfect amount of Pablo. You wake up to the best sports story that you're going to hear all day. It's Monday through Friday. He, I think, still tells you what day it is. Ashley got me a, um, I know we weren't supposed to bring her up, but she got me a clock that has the day of the week on it. And I was like, this is a hurtful gift. You nailed it. Uh, So that I'll never forget what day of the week it is now that she's not here. And it's like, you know you brought more to the table, but this is actually very helpful. Thank you. Um, So yeah, Pablo talks to top reporters and insiders. And it's, you know, breaking news meets deep dive storytelling. It's good. It's Pablo. Listen to it. Unless you're at your max capacity, don't like delete this podcast so that you would listen to ESPN Daily. I don't think you should do that. Stay with us. And if you need a new podcast at ESPN Daily. Uh, Also, big thanks to you guys for listening now and then again later on one other streaming service. Don't go nuts. We're working. We're dipping our toes in. We're seeing how the water is and then we'll find out. 
and then you can listen to it a bunch of times. Or you could leave us a nice review wherever you're listening to this podcast, which we read and we love them, but we haven't read in a while because maybe we needed some space from the podcast to learn how to grow. It's that I forgot to go pull a review. So we miss Ashley just as much as you do <laughs> for many, many reasons. Um, big thanks. This is on a personal level to Travis and Tina, to Travi and Tina, the dream team that didn't even know they were going to have to be a dream team today. I, uh, Consider doing this all alone, and then I was just like, I don't. I just want to talk to people who are nice, <laughs> and you guys are nice people. So thank you for stepping into roles that like weren't what you were here for, but you seem fine with. You're fine with it, right? Yeah, I'm good with it, Kate. Okay, Tina says yes. You just can't hear a word she's saying. She's actually lavishing praise upon me. She's giving me a ton of compliments, but I'm just gonna power right through. Lastly, don't forget that you can always leave us you can you can call and you can get an answering machine and then you can talk and then you can hang up and we'll play that on our podcast the phone number is 860-506-5571 i deleted every mention of her in the document except the only thing left in here says say goodbye ashley say goodbye travis goodbye say goodbye very loudly tina goodbye perfect bye love you mean it thank you